This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Barack Obama, who has created another terrific summer playlist, a mix of old and new, household names and emerging artists, and a whole lot in between. It's Barack Obama. I'm Cher. And I'm T-Pain. And this is Ear Bodies. Wow, Tim. Yeah. Didn't know didn't know you could do that. <laughs> well, I can't, bud. <laughs> um Okay, look, just just off the top, let me apologize. If the sound is weird, it's because I'm in a, an undisclosed uh, holding cell uh, or a hotel room or something somewhere. I can't speak more about where I am or why I am not in my typical uh, grammar station, if you will. But sorry if the sound uh, uh, is bad, Matt, and you, hey, the listener. Look, that's fine for me. I... Uh, we we took off here with this pod when we started with no problems at all. We didn't even have to do the thing where your audio is bad and you apologize. So That's it's true. Uh, good to stay humble mm. and um, you sound fine to me, buddy. See that? We're human. Just like you. <laughs> uh, and today we're talking about something decidedly non-human. Wouldn't you say, bud? Ooh, Tim, man, you, you're like a poet. Thank you. Yeah, I would say, Tim, uh, we're talking about auto-tune. Mm. In the night I hear him talk, the cold story ever told. Somewhere far along this road, he lost his soul to a woman so heartless. This is one of those topics that, like, everybody, e- music listener or not, uh, has a has an opinion on you know what I mean, bud? Mm, yes, we've all and got to take with things like that. We love to jump in. We love to take a little bite out of uh, out of that bone. So we're just gonna we're gonna give it a shot because we do have opinions. Mm. They are measured and clear headed and good. Yeah, um, and we're just we're thrilled to to be here and be, to be able to share them with you. It is an honor, right? Just to have the privilege. <laughs> Uh, the opportunity to do this. When we say auto-tune, Matt, we could mean a number of things. And I think that's the problem, right? It's um, it's sort of a, a catch-all for a real utility in the music studio and also an artistic choice in the music studio. And so it's sort of a Rorschach test like how you feel about it depends on how you're thinking about it ooh that's right uh right because so we say auto-tune mm-hmm. and what we mean in general is the same thing that you know if you want a tissue you say give me a Kleenex bingo well it doesn't have to be a Kleenex it can just be a tissue it's basically the same thing it's one of those proprietary eponyms Mm -hmm. which i learned about recently enough to share big Um, flex nice work but 
Auto-Tune has a trademark sign after it. Auto-Tune, yeah. capital letters. Um, and that is uh, not always what we're hearing, but mm-hmm. that is what we have our opinions about. It's about our uh, the voices of our favorite artists being modified in some way to make them sound better, to make them sound more robotic mm-hmm. uh, for fun. Stuff like that. Or That's what Auto-Tune does. Well, right. And so Auto-Tune is pitch correction, which is perhaps the broader... T- that would be... That's the tissue here in, in mm-hmm. your analogy. Uh, <laughs> Correct. And pitch correction is ubiquitous pretty much now. Like, every single piece of produced music you hear, barring very few has some form of pitch correction and it can be subtle. And I think that's where people, uh, you know, sort of the purists on the matter start to take big issue, uh, where the, you know, so, well, you don't have to be talented anymore or whatever to be a musician because you can have, if you're a little pitchy, it can, they can fudge your, your notes and, and make them, make them sound right. That's one thing. And we'll talk about that. But let's talk about Auto-Tune, as you said, the brand, which was literally invented uh, like a processing tool for recording studios in 1997. Tell us about it a little bit, Matt. Absolutely, Tim. Uh, so, yeah, Auto-Tune was invented by a fellow named Dr. Andy Ooh. Hildebrand. Uh Fun fact about this guy is that he got rich helping Exxon find drilling sites using math. Um, So there's something there we will not get into. That's fine. You got to make a buck. Uh, So you got to make a buck. He made a buck and he Mm. launched um, an audio technology company called Antares. Uh, And the most famous piece of software, piece of IP from this company is autotune because he used mm-hmm. he used this math whatever whatever sort of math he was good at <laughs> his oil math <laughs> that's yeah. right he uh developed a piece of software designed to uh correct little little mistakes little imperfections in vocal tracks to pitch correct them Talk about no ethical consumption, bud. Uh, now, <laughs> I did not realize that listening to any music, you know, means putting money in, in the pocket of big oil. Holy heck. <laughs> <laughs> yep, well, it does. So that's on all of us. Our fault. That's on all of us. Uh, <laughs> and so, Okay, so so he creates this, uh, he creates auto-tune, and... It does not take long to become instantly recognizable thanks to me, Cher. No matter how hard I try, you keep pushing me aside and I can't break through. There's no talking to you. It's so sad. Yes, well said. Keep going. Let's hear. Well, okay, so. Uh, Believe, which uh, you're hearing right now, listener, is is a, sh- a song from 1998. Oh, oh. Do you believe in life at 
I mean, you're hearing it. It's it's sort of the uh, the go-to auto-tune example. Even today, I think, uh, if you ask someone, you know, what's a song that is really auto-tuned? This is maybe still the one people will point to. Maybe it's something by T-Pain or something instead. But uh, a lot of people would say, here it is. It's it was it was widely dubbed the share effect. Yep. So yeah, uh, goes to show you just how uh, you how singular it was at the time. Right, and and uh, so this came out in '98, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, I mean, this was not what Doctor Hildebrand um, really intended for his his product. Mm. He meant for it to to correct small imperfections in a pretty subtle and hopefully unnoticeable way. Uh, but clearly, that is not what Cher was trying to do. She set that thing to a hundred percent, and she went for it. And that was the first song that people really heard an intentional. I guess overuse, if that's what you consider it, of autotune in a pop song. And from there, the floodgates opened, and now we have a huge problem on our hands, right? Yeah, man, it's a scourge (laughs) on art. It's ruining music. (laughs) You don't have to be talented to do music anymore. Great, Mm -hmm. because you can just sing. And this this handy dandy little machine will just fix it all up for you, and uh, you can make millions of dollars. Great. Yeah, and right now, any dope off the street can walk into a, a recording studio and sound, I guess, like share. <laughs> and uh, right, rake in the cash. Doesn't seem doesn't seem fair, does it, Matt? It doesn't to, seem to those fair. with real talent. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, we're obviously being a bit tongue in cheek, listener, because um, the complaints about auto tune tend to get a bit, oh, you know, old man yells at cloud, right? It, mm-hmm. Like I, like I said, there is the argument that it allows imperfection you know imperfect people to sound perfect which is a separate issue in my opinion from people who use uh, like share or uh, say like Daft Punk with one more time which was two years after the share song uh, deliberately using autotune as a stylistic flair they're trying to say this makes me sound like a cool robot let's <laughs> use this in our song because we are cool robots you know what i mean one more time there you go yeah and and why i must ask hmm. why is that not valid why are are people mad about it because people have been mad about it for quite a while for example noted autotune enthusiast t pain hmm. uh there was a video going around twitter a little bit ago yep and uh, he was talking about how his buddy Usher came yep. over to him and basically said, you have ruined music. Uh, was it 
know what that be, ho? I ain't even know it, ain't know it, ain't know it, know it. Take the car here to the stage, then you seen the n***a thought, 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 throwing that ass for days. Booty going up, down. I ain't got no problem spending all of my money. Trying to see what's up. Because you use auto-tune in the way that you do. And T-Pain, well, that that kind of kind of wrecked the guy. Yeah, he said it, it like, sent him into a depression spiral for four years. Well, if Usher comes over and says, hey, you've ruined the music, I think that would kind of hit maybe a little, a little bit hard. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And what's, what's miserable about it, though, is... So, okay... If you, the listener, don't think auto-tune is a net good for the industry, that's a that's an argument you can make. I I I recognize that argument, and I I do actually sympathize with it a little bit, bud, because it separate and apart from folks like T Pain who are using it to uh, you know as a as a choice right? and as as a as an artistic tool when you. Um, po- put so much polish on every single aspect of every track on your song. Um, it does well. It would ruin the live experience, except you can also auto auto tune live performance. So, <laughs> uh, it 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 makes me pop music a bit more artificial. I don't know if you can really deny that. Yeah, but the thing is. Everyone is doing it. Usher is doing. Usher uses auto tune. Yeah. Baby, let me love you down. There's so many ways to love you. Maybe I can break you down. Yeah. Everybody, everyone is doing it because it is what the market demands, bud. And well, you know look. how much I care about the free market. <laughs> yeah. We we want music to sound really clean and nice, and so yep. that's what we're gonna. That's what every producer is going to do. It makes perfect sense. It's like with any other type of recording technology. So these mm. advances and innovations, I'll tell you what. Like so many advancements and innovations, they keep happening. All the time. Yeah. Uh, you're able to play drums and line them up exactly on beat. Yep. You're able to uh, play an electric guitar and cut out the l- little fuzzy amp noises that you don't want in there. Mm. You're able to make uh, voice sound better. You're able to make any instrument sound better. You can do a phenomenal job with all this stuff we have now. Yep. So let me ask you guys this, straw man. Are you <laughs> mad... That when when you hear a track now that the drums are perfectly in time, does that upset you? Yeah, it's kind of like you're right. Are you mad that your TV is set is now in color? Like, it's of course we're striving for more perfect recordings. We we want everything to, and that's the thing, right? It's the it's the most high profile, um, you know, sort of cleanup tool in the studio. But as, right, as you note, we can we can time align every single instrument. We can replace real strings with fake strings that sound better. You can do anything. It, every every song is just totally Frankenstein now. And yeah, but, but who cares? It sounds good, right? It's no, exactly. It sounds good. I mean, do you want to hear the raw track? Do you mm. want to hear? 
just everything kind of slapped together in, in one take or a couple takes and, and taped over in a, in a big old recording studio? Because you know what? You can. It's called Check Out the Beatles' First Album. Yeah. Or check out uh, the Glenn Miller Band. I don't know. That's and that's fine. That's cool stuff too. But yeah. But and and, and you know this um, this this straw man that we are uh, really just <laughs> ripping to shreds here may be the type of person who is like you know the classics were were way better and perhaps this person is a fan of oh, I don't know Michael Bublé. Birds flying high You know how I feel Um, who, you know, loves to sing the old jazz standards Mm-hmm The guy uses auto-tune Like, he absolutely does The new jazz music you like is auto-tuned It's like, sorry, gang, it's just kind of how it is now um, Yeah, it would, it would be foolish to not take advantage of those things Even, and you know, okay, Tim, you know what upsets me And this is not even a straw man I'm gonna, about to yell at some real people here Okay uh, Back in, I have two examples Back in 2009 Maybe, probably. Okay. Uh, a rock band called Death Cab for Cutie. Oh, boy. Um, who, Tim, you and I are, have been fans and probably are fans. Oh, yeah, we're cab fans. heads, you bet. <laughs> but they showed up at the Grammys wearing blue ribbons, yeah. much like one might wear for breast cancer awareness or other things. Yeah. And and this was a statement against the use of autotune in... Uh, the music industry and they spoke a little bit about it and said something to the effect of blah 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 music should be more real blah 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 I'm Ben Gibbard the postal service is never coming back <laughs> and, I, and I like Ben Gibbard you know I, but guys stop it just not come on, look come on and there and you can't I mean you know honestly <laughs> Listening to Death Cab, maybe Ben Gibbard straight up doesn't do anything to his voice because it kind of sounds like it. I kind of like it. He's pretty, he's got his thing. But my other example, Tim, mm. is a fellow that we know perhaps best as a guest judge on American Idol this past season. His name is Phineas. He's yeah, yeah, Billy yeah. Eilish's older brother and producer. And he said in an interview at least once or twice that they have a rule in the studio where they never use auto tune. Mm. Ooh. Well, Phineas, please don't expound any further on that and let us just assume that Billy's voice is so incredible that she always hits the right note no matter what. Because that is an example. It's the Kleenex and tissue thing. I guarantee you that Phineas goes in to Logic Pro X and he opens up that little track and yeah. he plays around with those notes that Billy sang to make them sound even better. So you're a tough guy, like you really rough guy, just can't get enough guy, just always so puff guy. Well, it's not even, they don't even hide it on some stuff. I'm the bad guy is auto-tuned. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Yeah, but it's not capital auto hyphen capital That's tuned. Right, exactly. It's pitch corrected. Yes. Right. Okay, so yeah, so we're beaten to death these folks who are saying uh, <laughs> that autotune has no place in the music industry. Like I said, I can I see the other side of it. I recognize 
the desire to because you want to be, you want to believe that your favorite musicians are really talented, you know, and you that if you went and saw them live, they'd give this incredible raw human performance uh, and just show off these insane talents that they have. And they do have those talents in most cases. Um, the argument I absolutely cannot abide, though, is what Usher is saying, where he's arguing that autotune as an artistic tool has ruined music. Mm-hmm. If you're pointing at T-Pain or Cher or Kesha, Kanye West, or Kanye West, and saying what they are doing is bad for music, you might as well say the same thing about every song with an electric guitar. Or, that was going to be my or, example. Or yep. a guitar at all. Like, why are we not <laughs> just doing strictly acapella music? You know, like, why should we not create new instruments? That's cr- that's a crazy argument to me. Yeah, and, and coming from Usher, too, who, like you said, absolutely is tweaking his voice a little yep. bit in, in the studio. Like, that's an insane old man thing to say, mm-hmm. I think, because Usher talented dude creative dude and he yeah it's like you know they invented the electric guitar because it like you know some of some wires got loose or circuits blew or something and it sounded all fuzzy and distorted and someone said huh that sounds great let's uh keep going with that cool um but i I mean at the time there were definitely arguments that uh you shouldn't do that all right okay why not what (laughs) I, I, right. I don't should, see. Should we still be using the harpsichord instead of the piano? Like, yeah. What are, What are you okay with as far as musical innovation here? Mm-hmm. You know, clearly you can tell how I feel about this, and I, I'm sure how you feel, Matt. Is Kanye West's use of auto tune is groundbreaking and yeah. really cool and yep. c- incredibly creative. And also, also, let me say too, uh, I guess justice for T Pain because yes. this guy, he a, if you've heard him, uh, you know, at a tiny desk concert or anything, he can sing mm. very well on his own. Mm-hmm. He actually can. I ain't not, ain't not, see the car you to the stage, seen the door, door, throwing that ass for days. Put it going up. I ain't got no problem spending all of my money trying to see what's up. I can do this all day like it ain't nothing. Uh, he also, apparently, according to, to him, he met with Dr. Hildebrand. He researched wow. auto-tune for like two or three years before he started using it. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing. He didn't stumble upon this and say, oh, now my voice sounds better than it ever did in real life. I'm just going to hide behind this. He's clearly not hiding behind it. He's clearly put in the work. And honestly, you know, his uh, he had an album before uh, 808s and Heartbreak that had a lot of those auto-tune things on it too, but yep. people didn't really see that one, and they saw Kanye's instead and gave that one all the awards, which yeah. I think it deserves. But also, like, 
T-Pain was groundbreaking, and all he got for it was to be the butt of some jokes and to be disrespected by his friend Usher. Yeah. Not cool, Usher. It, Not that cool. Was, did you know, Matt, that in 1982, the United Kingdom Musicians Union attempted to ban synthesizers from live performances and recording sessions? I didn't know that, but it does feel like something that I should have known. That is, it It reminds me, it's the same thing, exactly. It was, I mean, and there, I, I will say, I that was a case of orchestral musicians worrying they were about to be replaced by a keyboard that could do everything they were doing. Uh, a little different case, I suppose, because now we're, you know, looking at replacing labor and that sort of thing. But it's it's this denial of technology um, that seems silly. It, it's just a new, it's a new tool. It's essentially a new instrument. Thank goodness Cher and her producers decided to do that in 1988 because it led to a really cool new trend in music that not everybody has to hop onto. Certainly not everyone is going to. But artists who are interested in this now have a a, a new tool at their disposal. That's great. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with having that in the arsenal and Tim, like you said, you know, uh, I guess it's ruining music if everybody is forced to do it. Sure, sure, I would, I would be upset. I don't want to hear Mumford and well, I do want to hear Mumford and Sons all auto tune because I think that would be funny. But I don't think that we need to be freaking out about it uh, in the way that we love to. Matt, listen, you and I are uniquely qualified to discuss this because we are capital R, capital M, real musicians. That's right. Contrary to the argument that uh, the straw man that we've been discussing makes so frequently, you can't actually take any dolt into the studio and make them sound like a pro with autotune. It can't do everything. If if you are an untrained musician and you're going to go sing and you're like, oh, I'll, I'll just use autotune, you will hear that you're auto-tuned. It, it, yeah. It, it's not it's, like... You You can't hide the effect of auto-tune or pitch correction in someone who is truly unpolished. So 99% of the musicians you hear who are using it to clean up their records are extremely talented musicians. And if you went and heard them live and they didn't put any effects on their microphones you would probably be very impressed by their abilities. Tim, well said. That's exactly right. It's not magic. It's just math from big oil. And that is a different thing than magic. I always say that. Exact. Math and magic and oil. Those are the three big things for us. That's right. Your buddies (laughs) will return in a moment. It will. So hold on. Yeah.
used to movies and bowl We used to Netflix and roll I used to pass her the smoke She used to laugh in my jokes You pat my back when I choke Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by who else? The 44th president, Barack Obama. Matt. Hello. A huge honor, of course, when any uh, politician of of any stripes Mm -hmm. hops in the old inbox and says they'd like to give us money. Uh, But when a guy like Barack Obama gets in there and uh, and offers us a little bit of, uh, of scratch in exchange for uh, hyping up his cool new summer playlist. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the times, Matt, that, uh, <laughs> that a guy just never forgets. Yeah, well, Tim, <laughs> just you, like you said, always a thrill mm-hmm. when a, a statesman or woman... Mm-hmm wants to get on board uh mm-hmm. but barack obama i mean and he's and he wants us to promote his playlist absolutely yes this, we will do that this is for a you guy, barack this is a guy who has a deal with netflix and yet he thinks a little pod like ours will give him the pop that he needs um, and we will and we will and we will and so, without further ado, Ear Buddies is, pl- is pleased to fully endorse the 2021 Barack Obama <laughs> Summer Playlist, featuring some great tunes, bud. Yeah, there's a lot on here. What, a, he's, what I want in a president is not someone I can have a beer with. It's not someone, uh, you know who uh, has sort of the the mental capacity to carry the burdens and uh, the sins of a nation and, and live with them day in and day out, while also having the nuclear codes at hand at any moment to bring about total annihilation. And, uh, that's, not, that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is someone with taste. That's exactly it. This is a man, clearly, as we can see from Summer 2021's playlist, but also... The uh, playlist that he's given us in the past and oh. the, the the reading lists, dare oh, I say? Come on! Uh, I mean, he has cosmopolitan taste. Mm. He, there's a little something for everyone, mm. which uh, makes me think that this guy. I mean, I know people say that it's <laughs> it may be a little artificial and maybe <laughs> he didn't necessarily pick every one of those on his own and maybe. Maybe it's a little bit sort of yeah. keeping us from focusing on the prize and then noticing what he's actually, you know, what he's up to. And yeah, he's but actually no, influenced the political. No. no, no, no. I disagree. Uh, this is what Obama <laughs> is listening to. He's telling us right here he likes all these songs and he listens to them during the summer, specifically this summer. Okay, so it's, no further questions, please. Let me get real here. We have a lot of fun, Matt. But this has been a hard summer for Barack and Michelle. They lost Bo. Was that the dog's name? It was, and they did lose him to that great dog park in the sky. Bo is gone. 
the first dog. Um, and it's hard to lose a pet. And so what I think, what I, just in my initial analysis, listening through this playlist, I hear the Obama's grief mm-hmm. in these tracks. Yeah. Um, leave the door open. Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, Anderson Park. That he's saying, I think, we're leaving the door open for another dog to come in. I mean, Tim, if you if you even look through the titles on this playlist, which yeah. I, I know you have, and I know we've listened to and enjoyed yeah. all of them, but it is clearly a thinly veiled um, obituary yeah. for Bo. I mean, pick up your feelings. Mm. Holding back the years. My sweet lord. I mean, my sweet Bo. <sighs> Right? Barack Obama wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's not afraid to get real with us and and laugh and cry with the nation. Yeah. Uh, the tears of a clown. Why would you put that on your uh, summer playlist unless you're saying exactly what we think you're saying, which is, I'm sad that my dog died. It's emotional. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, it is affecting to to immerse yourself in this playlist is to swim through an ocean of tears and then to to reach the shore a better person i think yeah that's exactly i mean and the thing is too that barack he he develops these like like you would a mixtape for mm. the girl that you have a crush on mm-hmm. in in high school, back mm-hmm. in the day when people did that, and there's there's a clear um, rise and fall. I mean, he's talking about feelings and tears. Astronaut in the ocean. I'm sure Barack feels like an astronaut in the ocean this summer. This summer without Bo. What you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb? You can call that mental freeze when he's. And I mean, if you think too about his best friend, Joseph Biden, yes, who also very recently lost a beloved family member, um, his dog, uh, major, major, the older one, or champ, or whatever. Yeah, it was the older one who didn't bite anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, which wrong dog died? I'll say that, but. <laughs> But he's he's reaching out here, not just to Joseph Biden and his family, but to everybody who has lost uh, a pet or a loved one. And I mean, we get to well, I think this is specifically for pets. (laughs) Be that as it may, Tim. (laughs) Be that as it may. Good days. He has here. Find a way. And then, at the end, Lush Life by Ella Fitzgerald. That ends on a message of hope and, well, perhaps not change, but definitely (laughs) hope. (laughs) And that is what we have come to love so much about Barack, Michelle, Malia, Sasha, and Bo. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. A mix of old and new. Household names and emerging artists and a whole lot in between. The eclectic tastes of Barack Obama, 
former president of the United States, now tastemaker of the United States, sharing his choices for a great summer of grief and growth and music. Thank you, Barack. Mr. President, for sponsoring this this episode. I used to visit all the very gay places, those come with may places, where one relaxes on the axis of the wheel of life to get the feel of life from jazz and cocktails. The girls I knew had sad and sullen gray faces with distangue traces that used to be there. You could see where they'd been washed away. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Time for another show and tell seg, pal. Back to We've classics. Been, this is our 15th episode of Ear Buddies. Tim, we have f- been doing an amazing job. Quick uh, honest, pat on the back honestly, here for us. I think people are, are really glad we're doing this spot. <laughs> well, we're just going to assume. There's no need to check the streaming numbers or anything. No, yeah. I'm not looking for numbers or comments or reviews or anything at this point. I, I simply would rather not hear. Uh, <laughs> and would just like to hear what you would, uh, are sharing with us today, bud. Sure, Tim. Uh I have, for my show and tell, brought in today a track from our buddy Phineas and his sister Billy. Well, you um, are this guy is Phineas is in your crosshairs today. Look, man. I don't me I don't want to harp on the guy. <laughs> I like him. Um, obviously, probably as a person, he seems nice. He's very talented. Um, yeah, but I just don't think you get to. To do what I'm about to say he did, and you're just going to have to believe me on since no record exists of it. The song, No Time to Die, is the Bond theme for some Bond movie. And I believe the movie is No Time to Die. <laughs> ah, sure. And that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Um, and I saw... I wish I could do a Bond theme. <laughs> someday, maybe. Maybe someday, it's... once... Very doubtful. Yeah. yeah. Go on. Look, just, and this tweet doesn't exist anymore because I searched for it and it seems he's deleted it, but um, Autotune or uh, Antares or somebody associated with Autotune tweeted something about uh, this song and it was in the context of nice autotune i think <laughs> and and phineas quote tweeted it and said i don't ever use autotune just a real smackdown clapback right there uh-huh. and uh i that kind of stuck in my craw because again i was like sure you don't use that software perhaps but that is not billy's raw voice through a, a microphone in your bedroom just printed onto tape there, buddy. I, th- I think there is no doubt that there is some degree, minuscule or not, of pitch correction b- used here. How is that really any different than throwing some reverb on the voice? Or or simply tuning your guitar. Oh, and for a line, 
Right? I mean, I don't, and I, I don't think that uh, it takes anything away no. from your artistry as a producer and as a creator, Phineas, um, to be using tips and tricks like that. Like, I don't know. It's that's how people do things, and you don't need to feel bad about doing things like that. Yeah, we we, we support you, bud. Yeah, it's you. You're. Obviously, doing great. Yeah. Um, if look, okay. If you hear this, Phineas, <laughs> and I'm wrong, let me know. Mm-hmm. Give us a give us a little retweet. Maybe clap back like you did to that last tweet. I would about love. To, I would love to be ratioed. Yes, by, by please. And and we fine. will. I'll accept and admit that I'm wrong. Um, and look, Billy does have a great voice. Oh yeah. But. but just and it's no okay to, to put a little polish on it. It's fine. It, yeah, no need to to be like like an old grandpa about this. <laughs> That's this, all. This is a cool song, also. It is a cool song. It's a great Bond theme. It really is. They use, you know, I forget the exact structure of it, but they use that Bond chord in there. Yep, there it's it is. Very cool. Makes me want to look at Daniel Craig. That's the highest praise I can give a song. <laughs> so, uh, what uh, what do you got? Okay, my buddy? show and tell, actually, pal. I'm going to throw a little curveball. I am going to share a listener show and tell. Because <laughs> we have those. We have listeners, it turns out. And if you subscribe to earbuddies underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram, uh, you might see little prompts, little calls for uh, for stuff. And and I asked the other day, do you have favorite or least favorite examples of autotune in music? And uh, friend of the show, longtime listener, one-time caller, Club Steel, offered us this song by Bon Iver, who is... Um, he is. A, I, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that this was brought to my attention because this is a great person to to bring up in the auto tune debate. Um, this song is called "33 God" from the album "22 A Million" by Bonavir. Let's listen here for just a second. So the reason I'm glad we're talking about Bon Iver is this guy is a pedigreed indie musician um, and is almost certainly among ranks of people who are very likely to, you know, swear about how bad autotune is and perhaps had listeners in his first couple albums who would have said, oh, I hate autotune. I, I like raw, real music. Mm. But he recognizes that it's a, it, it turns the voice into a different instrument, basically. And 
uh, can still be you he can still make cool indie music that is at the same time glitchy and technofied and uh, the result is a really good really interesting product that is a great one to bring up a great example for the reasons you said Tim and because to you know to bring it back to uh, sort of the thing about how you can simply get in the studio and sing and use autotune and yep. don't have to have any talent this is a talented guy and oh, yeah. he knows he is manipulating his own voice in all kinds of fun new interesting ways because he can because he has the tools to now what with autotune and uh, delay and some little fuzzy effects and all this kind of stuff that is not the mark of someone who's just um, trying to make himself sound like a better singer, mm. right? He's he's really orchestrating some stuff here, using that as uh, one of the primary tools. And by now, I mean he's all but known for how uh, how he utilizes auto tune and pitch correction. Thank you to Caleb Steele. Who may be our only listener? It's possible. I mean, in the in the um, in the the sort of running lore of the show, there he is all like the the only other human that we've um, actually made contact with, right? Which and I I do sort of question your judgment, Tim, choosing um, <laughs> a selection from him, but I bet that not anybody else responded <laughs> and that is fine it's, it's just fine. nice to be th- it's nice to be thought of it's nice to be reached out to okay we by- did get another response actually uh from from uh, leave who uh who brought up 808s and heartbreak from kanye so i figured since oh, we already okay. discussed so gotcha. we already hit it yeah. a little bit anyway um so nice to have um a single digit number of listeners <laughs> who are uh, dedicated and loyal mm-hmm. and uh, in- and and there are friends tim and it's nice <laughs> it's it's better to have friends than to have an audience yes thank you i it it, it i take comfort in knowing that we are not speaking to any strangers here <laughs> it's your buddies just is just our family <laughs> just a bunch of buds listening to two buds and that is the kind of closed loop system that i require <laughs> uh, so bud i'll talk to you later yeah talk to you later buddy